And her name is Christy, and she's going to come tell you an amazing story about love. I want to thank every. I want to thank Erica for letting me tell a story of love, um, from basically self-hate to falling in love with myself. Okay. Okay. There are two dates to keep in mind: January twentieth, nineteen fifty-five, the day I was born. I don't look that old. And January twenty-six, two thousand twelve, the day I transitioned. Okay. When I was born. The doctor said, you have a boy. Oops. Um, But inside that, under my skin, was a female that one day is going to take control. You know how that is. So at the age of four, I knew I was a girl. At the age of five, I was a kind of precocious child. And I told my parents, I'm a girl. Uh They were rather conservative and very religious, so it didn't really go over too well. And society at that time didn't exactly like LGBTQ people. I face sexual abuse, physical abuse, and psychological abuse. They did everything they could to make me a boy including giving me these little teeny G.I. Joe toys, you know. And we had a German Shepherd. And I would toss it to the German Shepherd, and he'd bring them back mangled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I I had to learn some things like find a good facade. I went to a Catholic grade school. They were going to make me into something. I faced relentless bullying and torment. I knew I was different, and my classmates could see it, and so they used it. I had to find a way to find a good male facade, because if I didn't, I wasn't going to survive. So after grade school, one thing happened, and it was called puberty, or during grade school. And I was angry, just angry, because every single night I prayed to wake up as a girl. And every morning I was disappointed. I started feeling hopelessness and depression. Now, every once in a while I'd sneak into the laundry room and try on my sister's clothes because that would give me something you know but then I would look at myself and go what's wrong with you and I started to believe that term pervert was a reality for me I went to high school and I found an activity that really got the rage and anger out it's called football full contact sport I also gravitated toward math and science. And I started to think math and science were really my God because there was order. There were laws. And it sure as heck was more orderly than the chaos that I suffered as a child. 
I started to find that as a good facade. Academic athletics. I went to college and I found something that was going to make my life wonderful. Alcohol. It would numb the chaos and I could actually fit in with people. Now, I met my first wife there. We liked alcohol. We went to graduate school and we started our careers. I went into business and I found the perfect facade. Aggressive business person. A.K.A. asshole. <laughs> I was very successful. I had the car. I had the house. A couple cars. I started to do things like skiing and sailing. And those two activities, I pushed myself to the very edge. Because I didn't care if I lived or died. I didn't. I almost felt free. Because... If I fucked up, oh, who cares? I went through two marriages. We transgender people believe that, okay, we'll get married and we'll be cured. Wrong, no. So after two marriages, I was living in an apartment downtown. And I would go out. And I would see cross-dressers and transgender women, and I was going, whoa, could that be me? No. The fear that I had have of losing everything took hold. Plus, that thing about calling being a pervert came to mind. So I'd go out and buy women's clothes, and I would feel good. And then I'd go, what's wrong with you? Pervert came to mind, so I tossed the clothes. Before I met my third wife, I found Google. Now, I'm an economist, and so I am one of these types of people that will research anything to death. (laughs) And I started to research what was going on with me, and I found this term, gender dysphoria, which basically says, I got a body of a guy, and I got a brain of a woman. And the woman is screaming, you got to be a woman. That kind of causes a little bit of problems. And I found a book. And it was She's Not There by, Gen- by Jennifer Boylan. And it talked about her story of how she became a woman. And it, every time I would read the book and i go, that's me. That's me. <gasps> that's me. And that hopelessness that I had talked about earlier, it started to get into wonderment. Maybe. Now, after I met my first wife, we met her in a chat room. Okay. Um, I did something that you're not supposed to do. I self-medicated with hormone replacement therapy. Not a good thing to do. I got a doctor later on. We did it right. I felt great. But I was going to make sure I didn't transition, so I bloomed up to 335 pounds. Now, I started going into this notion of, I can, uh, at home, be kind of female, but I will definitely be male when I go to work. My ex-wife and I had an agreement that I could take hormones, I could be female at home, but I had to not transition. 
But things got a little difficult. Because I couldn't. And so one night, she looked at me. And she said, do you want to transition? The female in me came out. And I said, yes. That was the first step I took. We separated, but this beautiful woman who I still love is now like a sister to me. We have that relationship. I had bariatric surgery and I lost a lot of weight. And the more weight I lost, I go, wow, this time I look pretty good. <laughs> Things are looking good. <laughs> and when I said I was going to, I said yes to transition. I know a lot of you, uh, when you're on the computer and you hit the download button, I did that. And it was like the female in my brain just downloaded in all the way through me, and all that male attributes was being deleted. Now, I found out I could transition at work. I work for the federal government. We have rules regulations and processes. <laughs> Lots of them. <sighs> I had to do three things to get the paperwork going. First, I had to get my name changed. And I chose the name Christine Cordelia McLean. Christine is a, is, is a name I've always wanted. I've always identified as Christine. Cordelia, that was the name of my great-great-grandmother, and she was a very strong woman. Her daughter came across the Oregon Trail. Well, I'm third, second generation Portlander, third generation Oregonian. So I went up to the, the judge's bench, and I was a little anxious. <laughs> and the judge looked at me, and she said, Welcome to your new name, Christine. That was, that was like, whoa. I went to the DMV because I had to get my license changed. And I got my driver's license. And it was a pretty good picture. <laughs> Most of you don't like your pictures, but I did. But... There was an F on the gender marker. I almost cried. I did. I went to Social Security to get my new Social Security card. Now, she knew I was a federal employee. I knew she was a federal employee, so she made it a priority. <laughs> she handed me my new Social Security card and gave me that knowing smile. Women know that. So I got all that paperwork together, and I gave it to our human resource department, and I set up the process. I left to work on Thursday as a guy. And I would come back on Monday as Christine. And in between, on Friday, they were going to have a meeting with all the people around and to tell them I was going to do this weird thing. 
I came back on Monday and I was a bit anxious. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if they were going to accept me. So I go up to my cube and my name plate says Christine McLean. Ooh, that's a good sign. <laughs> Inside my cube was a banner that says, Welcome back, Christine. I had emails from people supporting me, and I had people come by and congratulate me. They said, you have a lot of courage. And I go, I don't know. <laughs> I, I tell people, I just got tired of that thing in my brain going, You're, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this, over and over and over again. That's part of gender dysphoria. So that worked out really well. But then there was something that was still going on. And it was alcoholism. See, part of my story before that I lived downtown and I talked about um, going out, but I didn't tell you, I was suffering from deep depression. Suicidal ideation. And my alcoholism was going into overdrive. I was incredibly suicidal because of the noise in my head. So I had to deal with my alcoholism. And on September 13th, 2012, I started my journey of sobriety. Five years. Now, transgender women have this little thing about passing. You know, we don't like to be said... So ah, a very, 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 very close friend of mine found out that I didn't think I could pass, and she gave me an assignment. <laughs> she told me to write down five things about my, that I love about myself for five days. I didn't want to do that, <laughs> but I did it. And out of that, I found that I could love myself. That I was lovable. And that started my journey to love myself. Transgender women do not want to be asked about surgeries. I've been asked and I say, yeah, I've had a couple surgeries, both knees, this and that. <laughs> But that's an important part of my story. On October 10th, 2016, I had gender confirmation surgery. A very, very special woman who basically is my little sister, who's a nurse, took me up for the surgery. She wanted to make sure I was taken care of. The surgeon comes in and says, anything you want before surgery? And I said, I want you to play Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. I want it to rock and roll. After the surgery, the surgeon came in. And he said, everything went well, and you're going to love the results. 
the tears started to flow because I was finally right. And I realized something. Those prayers that I had as a child to wake up female, they were answered. I woke up as a female with the right body. I can now look at myself in the mirror and smile and feel whole. Every morning I go out and put the war paint on, put the clothes on, and I can look in the mirror and say, looking good, Christy, looking good. Now my journey... I've sometimes say I've been through the depths of hell, spit in the eye of the devil, and come out a bit singed. And part of that hell that I went through, I created. But I've come out the other side. Through that, those five things I was supposed to say, say I love about myself, with the, the surgery, I can now go out there and celebrate every single day that I'm female. I can say I am proud to be a female. And every day I can hug myself and say I'm in love with myself. My journey is not a journey of hearts and flowers. <laughs> not even close. But it's in a journey from going from deep-seated self-hate to self-love. I have fallen in love with who I am. Thank you, and thank you, Erica.